In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would, please turn in your hymnals to page 324. At the bottom of the first column, you'll find the fourth petition. I'd like us to read that together. The fourth petition is, Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. That's a good review for us all. And now as we consider our gospel lesson this morning, we have thousands of folks who needed, quite literally, some daily bread. And in his compassion, Jesus provides for those gathered. And as we read this account at surface level, we can certainly conclude that as we have reviewed from the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, God indeed provided. However, there's a deeper level to this account that we do well to be aware of and adhere to as Christians. For not only does our Lord provide our daily bread, but he unites us in the bread of life, the bread of salvation. The daily bread of life is an absolute confession for you and me as Christians. All we have in this life is a gift from God in one form and means or another. There's not a blessing that we own, use, spend, give, and or waste that isn't provided by the Lord. And for us Christian Americans in particular, there certainly isn't a shorting of blessings. In fact, because we live in such abundance, when we do perceive that we are poor, we are in fact richer than a great majority of the remaining world. Now that is, of course, as we speak about stuff. Now, because of this abundance, it might just be that we struggle when we have accounts of Jesus' miracles before us. We don't see them firsthand necessarily in our times like they did in the scriptures. We don't have much void by way of need. We lack in faith when it comes to what Jesus has, does, and will do in our lives and world. We are a people driven by want, and not just want, but a particular kind of selfish want, a want that tempts us to believe that as the little gods we believe ourselves to be, there's no need to wait or rely upon the grace and mercy of Jesus' gifts to and for us. A little exposure to my way right away grows into a mindset of must have, can have, and will get at all costs. And for this very reason, We must repent. We must repent of our selfishness and eagerness to amass closets full of favorite toys and turn rather to the gathering of baskets full of Jesus' blessings of joy.
The daily bread you receive is rarely a fulfillment of the personal recipe of satisfaction you've written for yourself. Rather, daily bread is the very thing you need to go about your day, loving God and loving those around you. And this daily bread is firmly grounded in the one who not only gives you daily bread, but is himself the very bread of life. God's word points us to this truth as we continue in our reading. John reports that the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Now this may seem at first to simply be a marker of time, a reference for the reader, but as we look closer, there's a deeper message for us. Just prior to this reading in John, Jesus spoke to those gathered. He said, For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. And so with this utterance of Moses, what great event in the history of the Israelite people comes to mind? The Exodus, the Passover. Following the leaving of Egypt and the crossing of the sea, the Israelites express feelings of being slighted by way of rations. They're complaining. They believe that their daily bread is, is lacking. They complain to Moses. Moses, being a good pastor, turns to God. And God, wouldn't you know it, provides. Promises to provide. Daily bread. So as we begin to see here, there's a deep connection between the Exodus story and what Jesus is doing here in John chapter 6. Moses crossed the sea. Jesus crosses the sea. The people follow Moses. Many are following Jesus. People see the signs that Moses did. The followers see the signs that Jesus did. Moses goes up a mountain. Jesus goes up a mountain. Moses pleads to God on behalf of the whiny people. And God provides what seems to them to be insufficient food, manna from heaven. Jesus feeds the people with what seems to be insufficient food, barley loaves and fish. Now, what we cannot ignore is to where these moments of feeding by way of seemingly simple bread are pointing. Later in chapter 6, we hear Jesus proclaim, I am the bread of life. This very living bread of life, Jesus, would be the fulfillment of the bread of the Passover and the daily bread of manna in the wilderness. The feeding of the 5,000 points to a future meal that would provide an eternal sustenance provided through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. This future meal would be the meal of salvation, the Lord's Supper. Now here again is where we may struggle a bit. We are a self-made, self-help, and self-led people who like to take the bull by the horns, earn a living, and amass accounts that keep on giving. It's the American way. But honest we must be, and truth be told, no amount of making, helping, and leading of the self with hands firmly gripping the beast of life and pockets full of mammon will get us close to the freedom of salvation. Our reliance must be upon the Savior alone. We do well to hunger for the bread of life. And this point is being made as Jesus says to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? 
And asking Philip from where food was to be gotten, Jesus was testing him and was pointing him to the scriptures that he would have known in Exodus 16. Exodus 16.4 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. This testing was a matter of faith. Did the people of Israel believe that God would provide? Did the disciples, Philip, believe that Jesus was going to provide? Do we believe that God will see us through our days with daily bread and to eternity with the bread of life? We often answer like Philip in that we, we calculate with our own reason. But you see, our reason is missing a key element of the, the equation. Jesus. Our faith can be firm in the reality that just as God provided Israel with food in the wilderness so that they would not die, and Jesus provided the crowds with the food necessary for sustenance in the wilderness, we too will be provided with all needed and then some. And it was as, as was the case in Exodus and here in John and within your daily life, we will be given to the full. The Israelites were eventually led to the promised land. In our reading, the people are led to green pastures. And as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we call life, we too are brought beside the still waters of our baptisms and find rest in the evergreen pastures of the church where we find the very feast of which our reading alludes. The bread of life is ever present for you where the true church is gathered. Jesus orders, gather up leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. And here we find comfort, for the remaining is pointing to the continued sustenance of the church. As we are gathered regularly and find more souls to bring into the church, Jesus continues to provide the source of life. Twelve baskets are filled. And the Greek word for basket is the word from which we would eventually get the word coffin. A stark image if you think about it. Jesus fills what is dead, what contains the dead, with life. He brings life, gives eternal life. Further, we hear the gospel as Jesus has become death so that your death would not hold you. Your coffin will simply serve as a resurrection spot for the day Jesus returns to collect his own. As the bread of life, Jesus would eventually be lifted up to death. And in that death, life would be one. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. As the remnants of bread are gathered, the remnants of the faithful are gathered, no longer remnant pieces, we are made one as the body of Christ. As he was stricken, smitten, and afflicted for your sins, it was for good. Good that you may be forgiven and nourished through the sacrifice once given for all. So what does that mean for us? 
First, it means that we repent. We repent of our sins regularly and often and receive the grace of forgiveness. It means that we go about filling our baskets not with that which leads to death, but rather life. We fill our baskets daily with the bread of life through the ingestion of his word. When able, and as often as possible, we prioritize getting to this pasture of peace, the church, to be fed the very bread of life. We despise not his preaching and teaching or worship. And we go from here each week in full confidence that we will indeed be blessed with daily bread, fully trusting and looking forward to being gathered at last to all eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.